Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Oh yeah, that's me, Marsha Collier. <laughs> Thank you for listening in. We're at 877-474-3302. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Marsha Collier. And tweet me if you want to have a little conversation. But I normally can't do that when I'm on the air. It's usually during the commercial breaks. Right now, I am so happy to have my dear, dear friend, Barb Dibwad, who used to be chief programmer at Tekka. I'm always being corrected on that. But now she's the head of content at Tekka.com. She describes herself as a digital nomad, music lover, gamer, and citizen of the internets. Plus, she's really funny and really, really crack smart. She's amazing. So, Barb, I'm going to turn it over to you because I really want to hear your take on the new iOS 4.3 upgrade. How you doing? I'm great, but how am I going to live up to that introduction? That was great. Thanks. <laughs> hey, like, you just, you know, you and I should travel together. I'll do your intro. <laughs> I like it. Can... I like it. The check's in the mail. <laughs> So, Barb, tell me, tell me, what do you think of the new upgrade? I very excitedly sat next to someone who's, oh, 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 I'm getting the upgrade. Oh, oh, oh. What's the deal? Tell me. So it's evolutionary. It's not revolutionary. It's uh, an an incremental update uh, to 4.3. The major thing that we see in this update is that now iPhone 4s can be used as a mobile hotspot, which means they can take their cell signal and turn it into Wi-Fi so that other devices that you might be carrying, like a tablet, for example, or your laptop, can get on the Internet right through your phone connection. Okay, so we know what that is. So are they going to charge us more for this? Oh, yes, of course they are. Uh, there's no such thing as a free <laughs> Wait a lunch. I thought it was it a free lunch. To, uh, Wait. <laughs> carrier bandwidth. So it, it depends on if you're on AT&T or Verizon. Uh, Verizon iPhone owners have actually had this mobile hotspot feature already, uh, a little bit ahead of their AT&T counterparts. And it's about $20 a month extra, which actually isn't too bad if you compare it with other mobile broadband options where if you get something like a MiFi or a Sprint Overdrive, you're looking at paying more like $60 a month for that. So it's actually not too bad of a deal if you don't need mission-critical Internet all the time, but okay, well you might be that's on my the go. Question. Yeah, that's my question. You know, tethering and mobile hotspots and the whole... Um, what do you recommend? You know, because obviously we all have an Internet connection at home, but some people are looking to replace with only one. Is it really as reliable if you're using your phone for a hotspot? It's definitely not as reliable. And the other thing that you have to think about is that you're going to be draining the battery life of your phone, whether it's an iPhone or whether you're using your Android hotspot feature. Uh, Android has had that built in for a while now, too. You're going to be coming up against, the, you know, the battery life issue. It's not quite as reliable as having a separate device. So for me, I prefer to actually have a separate device, something that I can keep charged separately and not also not have to have it compete with my phone. If I get a phone call coming in that I need to take, 
that right. pretty much knocks out everyone else who's trying to share my network. So that's another advantage as well. Well, you know, what I used to travel with is I used to have a little Netgear device, which, you know, you'd hook up to the Wi-Fi in the hotel, and mm-hmm. it became a little router. And you'd have several Wi-Fi connections off of that, which obviously didn't cost you any more than as... You know, I like the, you know... As you need it plans, which most people, most companies don't allow you to have. <laughs> right. You know, you yeah, have to pay for it whether you, you need it or not. sign a contract. Exactly. But by using that little thing, it really helped me when I was out of town because so many places already had the Wi-Fi. Right. At the advantage of having your own device, whether that's tethering or a hotspot, means that you don't even have to rely on a place having Wi-Fi at all. You can be... Right out in the middle of nowhere and be able to get an Internet connection anywhere you want. I always refer to it as BYOI. You always have Internet, always will be able to travel. (laughs) So what else is new with the 4.3 upgrade? So we're seeing faster browsing in the Safari native browser. It's supposed to be about twice as fast, which is really nice because it is one of the most frequently used features of the phone. Uh, one of the other things that we see is that we can now change whether the lock switch on the device adjusts the volume or the landscape orientation of the oh, iPad. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's on the iPad. Okay. Correct. So that you can change the behavior of that lock switch, whether or not you think it should be muting the volume or if you want it to... Uh, preserve the orientation so that when you actually rotate the device, it'll change to landscape or portrait view. If you don't want it to detect automatically, you can use that lock switch to then lock it and just keep it in one orientation. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. I think, you know, like when you're lying in bed and trying to read, that makes a lot of sense. I hear there's a new pinch thing that you do that's one step closer to multitasking. Uh is that in the the 4.3 update? I'm, I'm not I'm, sure about that one. I'm not sure. I heard something about being able to pinch. No? Okay. Well, you know, not being a Mac person, I'm not clear on all of this. Anything oh, dear. Else? I don't know. I don't know if we can still be friends. What's my happening? Boyfriend, my boyfriend's a Mac person. He's in there playing with a MacBook Air. So, you know, it's like. <laughs> okay, well, that's close know. enough. So I'll give yeah, you I mean, that. I mean, I have a few Apple devices. I love, I love Apple. There's nothing more beautiful. But I love my Sony Veos too. You know, so what can I say? That's fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. You know, okay. there's room I'm for open. all of us. That's the way I look at it. You know, just preferences. Um, so, did you get the Verizon iPhone? I wanted to ask you about that. I sure did. I ordered it at the stroke of midnight on the night that they opened up. Uh, pre-orders for existing Verizon customers. Actually, they opened up the official floodgates about 10 minutes before, so I got in a little bit early and uh, had absolutely no problems placing an order, and uh, the devices were slated to ship uh, the following week, and they actually ended out, for a lot of people, ended up shipping early, so that was really nice. I got my phone earlier than I expected, and uh, I really now, love did it. You have an really iPhone, did, did you have an iPhone before? I did, and I upgraded from the 3GS on AT&T to the iPhone 4 on Verizon, so I got sort of two upgrades in one, which made me just absolutely thrilled because I'm able to take advantage of what I feel is the better service 
on Verizon, and I'm able to take advantage of all the new features in iPhone 4. I'm a big uh, camera, mobile phone camera nut, so having that nice, juicy 5-megapixel camera with the flash, uh, it, it's really amazing. And I would say even that the 5-megapixel camera, I would say, is better than the 8-megapixel camera on my HTC Evo, which just goes to show that it's not always the raw number of megapixels that necessarily makes a better camera. And now that we're seeing a lot of phones with these huge megapixel numbers, there are even some 12-megapixel Okay, uh, wait a minute. I have to inter- I have to interrupt you because I was about to argue with you on the megapixel issue because oh, I was writing it. I was writing back in the day that when you're talking pictures for the web, honestly, I mean a five megapixel camera is really more than any. If you're just shooting for the web, really, you can do that easily with a three megapixel. The deal is in the quality of the lenses and whether you know. You have Zoom, you know, different things, different features. But people who are out there buying, oh, my gosh, I need more megapixels on my camera, they're totally missing the boat because it really makes no difference if you're using your pictures for the web. All it is is taking up more storage space. I totally agree. I think once we're getting into this range, about five megapixels, it starts to get really hard to tell the difference, and it's, that's when the quality of the lens issue really comes into play, and I think the quality of lens on the iPhone 4 is very high, and I post a lot of my photos online, of course. I post a lot to Facebook. I post a lot to Flickr, and people that I know who've seen my photos on Flickr since I got the new phone have commented noticeably on how much better quality they are, and they comment that they look like something you would take with a digital camera or even sometimes approaching the quality of a DSLR. It's not quite as sharp but it's starting to get almost there. But do you ever notice in these phone ads, they never tell you, oh, yeah, our lens is made of plastic. <laughs> you know, or, or we have digital interpolation of your picture in the, you know, they don't tell you that, and people just look face value at megapixels. So when you're wanting to take a lot of pictures with your phone, really look into somebody Somebody somewhere is going to be able to answer the questions on the quality of the camera. But generally in the PR pieces and what you read on the Internet, nobody really discusses the details of the camera. I agree. I think megapixels manufacturers use that as a heuristic. People think that more is better, and in some sense that's true. But ding, once ding, you ding, get to you a win the prize for big not. word, heuristic. Please define <laughs> heuristic for our listeners. <laughs> Please it's define a, that. <laughs> heuristic is basically a shortcut. So it's, you know, there are a lot of factors that go into measuring the quality and a lot of specs that they could mention relating to the camera, but it's a lot easier if you just pick one index. You can right. use it as a shortcut, convey it very quickly, and people sort of use that as a, as a loose yardstick to measure, whereas now we're getting to a point where there, the other factors are becoming more important than the megapixels, and we have to start talking about what those other features are. Well, it's totally about educating people, and, you know, we are on the tech edge, and the rest of the country is still catching up. You're going to be with me after the break, and we're, we're going to talk about the new Zoom. You've been there. You know this. So you're ahead of me. This is Marsha Collier along with Barb Dibwad, and we're on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. 
You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD Now V-Series solid-state drive can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It'll improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Attention online sellers, introducing a great source for high-quality, low-cost merchandise. Genco Marketplace is America's largest wholesale source of store returns and closeout inventory. Our huge volume and variety of products means online sellers can be insured of a steady source of supply. Find electronics, housewares, shoes, apparel, tools, and general merchandise all from one site. Discover the web's one-stop product source you can trust. Pallets for sale are posted to our easy-to-use e-commerce site, GencoMarketplace.com. There you'll find what you need fast and view a detailed list of items in the pallets. No surprises. Genco Marketplace has direct liquidation contracts with America's largest retailers and manufacturers, which means that buyers purchase direct from the source with no middleman markups. Huge variety, low risk, and fast, easy online purchasing. Register for free and begin bidding on loads the same day. Sign up today at GencoMarketplace.com. That's G-E-N-C-O Marketplace.com. I have some good news for a change. With the stressful times upon us, having a regular glass of wine has proved in many studies to reduce stress. Want some more stress-relieving tips? VinVillage.com is an exciting new social organization connecting wine lovers around the country with an exclusive local and online wine lifestyle experience. Vin Village members can meet others online and in person, attend wine dinners and tastings, participate in forums, blogs, and wikis, purchase limited and exclusive wines, even create your own wine. You heard me. Create your own wine. And best yet, membership is free. So reduce some of the stress and have some fun. Join now and connect with thousands of other like-minded wine lovers. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com. That's www.vinvillage.com. Vinvillage is where wine lovers connect. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com. Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Oh, Mark's not here. Ha, ha, ha. It's Girls Gone Wild in Tech. Girls Gone Wild because we can talk about whatever we want. Uh, we were talking earlier. I'm talking with Barb Dibwad, uh, head of content for Tekka, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's like Decca. Very cool website, very cool apps. You need to check it out. And the next thing I want to ask Barb about, because she's she's been there, she's played with it. We talked about the Motorola Zoom, or X Zoom, or I assume it's called Zoom. 
But before we talk about it, Barb, I want you to know I looked up on their website to get more information on the camera. And again, only talking about megapixels. We don't have any real, real details on the camera, just that it has an LED flash. That's it. Five megapixels rear facing with two megapixels front facing. So tell me, did you like the zoom? Or how do you pronounce it? X zoom? <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. It is the zoom, as in zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> kind of an interesting naming strategy there from uh, Motorola. Uh, I do like the zoom. I think it's arguably the primary forefront competitor to the iPad 2 right now in the Android universe. Um, it's running the newest version of Android. Android Gingerbread? 3.0. Okay. Uh, honeycomb. Honeycomb. It's honeycomb. Okay. Called. And uh, Gingerbread was Android 2.3, which is the uh, latest mobile operating system from Android. Right. And now Honeycomb has been designed from the ground up just for tablets. So, which is why whereas, they can't update. Uh, which is why they can't update the Galaxy tablet to the new up, uh, system. Because we're not There's getting an upgrade. Some, some technical reason that's either preventing them, or it may be, you know, a case where later on we could see a firmware update that might be able to to use it. But uh, we're not sure yet. Samsung hasn't really let us know what that roadmap is going to be. But now we're seeing. Uh, new tablets coming out with Honeycomb, which is much more of a native tablet experience. It's a lot more iPad-like, uh, if mm-hmm. you will. It, it, it takes advantage of the touch screen and the larger surface area a lot better than previous versions of Android did, which really were still designed for a phone experience right. and simply being sort of scaled up fit on a device like uh, the Samsung Tab, which is a 7-inch device. Zoom has a, a 10.1-inch screen. It's running Honeycomb. It's a much better experience. The only problem is it's getting slammed a lot for being a bit buggy. So it seems Well, like I've always found that with Android, <laughs> any version of Android, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're all buggy as far as I'm concerned. It's, I'm sorry. There's not enough beta testing going on somewhere. That I think they rush it to market, honestly, too quickly. But, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. And the, the, the technology press seems to agree with you as well. It seems like Google is very urgent about, and the manufacturers, too, are urgent about getting out the door ahead of Apple. Apple is really leading the market here. They've gotten a huge head start. So I can definitely see how both Google and a lot of these manufacturers want to try and get any kind of competitive advantage they can. So if they can mm-hmm. get something out the door a month or two before Apple gets its next revision in line, which is exactly what we've seen here, they're going to take it. The problem is when you do that, you face a situation that we have here where it does seem like Honeycomb was rushed out the door. We know that a lot of fixes are coming, but the iPad 2 is now on the streets and those fixes aren't here yet. And we've heard some you know, reports of the Zoom being returned. Uh, really? Presumably people who want to buy an iPad 2 instead. So, you know. Well, yeah, we'll if you're going for that size. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the smaller size tablet. But, you know, you I don't know if you were listening earlier, but we were talking about some of the cameras again. And, you know, the Apple iPhone 4 
was rated as the top camera. And the zoom in the Galaxy Tab, even though the zoom has a 5 megapixel, rear-facing and the Galaxy Tab has a 3 megapixel, they were both pretty much head-in-head. And actually, the Apple iPad 2, mm-hmm. that camera came under the t- iPad, uh, the iPod Touch, believe it or not. Oh, no, definitely. That's definitely true. It's one of the disappointing parts of the announcement of the iPad 2. I think a lot of people expected to see a bigger, uh, uh, higher-resolution camera on the front. But I think the key to the cameras on the iPad 2 isn't really about the megapixel race or about giving you a great camera. It's all about the FaceTime, and it's all about the video. And in order to save money, in order to make sure that this new device came in at the exact same price point as the original iPad, I think Apple cut a lot of corners on that camera so that there wasn't an extra expense involved. And it's really about widening the pool of devices that can do this video chat. And I think Apple is really relying on video chat and FaceTime becoming a lot more popular now that you're going to have a lot more devices out in the world that are able to do it. Do you FaceTime? You know, I haven't really done a lot of FaceTime to date, but interestingly, just yesterday in the office, uh, one of our writers who had waited in line for the iPad 2 and brought it home and was unboxing it and starting to play with it, he called in to us in the office, and I saw the notification come on my phone, uh, Sam Axon wants to FaceTime with you, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. This, this is, was actually the first time that someone who knew that I had an iPhone 4 was calling me from a device that also supported FaceTime. So I answered the call, and he was able to see what was going on in our office and talk to some of the other uh, employees that were hanging around at Tech HQ. It was sunset at the time, and our office is right on the beach. We were able to show off the sunset, which was kind of a nice feature, and and the other Tech employees were able to see Sam and kind of get to know him face-to-face, whereas he's typically remote. So it was sort of an aha moment for me. But you still need Wi-Fi for that. But know that I'm totally, totally going to be FaceTiming you from my iPod. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things that, you know, is a real advantage on the Android that I love, I stream, well, you can do it on the iPad too, but I do stream Dish Network. And I can get my DVR and watch the show. Yeah, I don't feel like sitting in the living room. I just go in, go to the bedroom and finish the show on my tablet. Love that. Great feature. And that's really nice. I think we're going to see a lot more of that type of experience on these devices now that a lot of folks have both a smartphone and a tablet and a laptop and perhaps something, some kind of digital device that's connected to their TV as well. And we have content spread across all of these devices. And in some sense, it really doesn't matter which one is nearby. We just want to be able to access all of our content anywhere And those kind of features where you can be watching a show on your TV or watching a show on your laptop or your phone and later on pick up right where you left off on your tablet or if you were on your phone, now you can go right ahead and watch it on your TV. I think we're going to see a ton of that in terms of expanding consumer convenience now that we have this plethora of devices filling up our bags and our pockets and our living rooms. 
Exactly. Still, I'm a fan of the portability of the smaller tablet. That's all I can say. What can I say? If I want something bigger, I can go to a netbook or my, you know, nice light 13 inch uh, Sony. I, I, that's just me. I like so a you, small format. You like the seven inch more than some of the bigger yeah. tablets. Well, I, I don't carry a huge purse. I like to throw it into my purse if I'm going somewhere. But, you know, we're running out of time, but I wanted to ask you, are you going to South by Southwest? Actually, I'm not going this year. I've been a number of years in the past. I went last year. It is one of my favorite conferences all year, so I'm bummed to miss it this year, but it's just a little bit too packed in with other things. But uh, I'm going to get the next best thing by watching my Twitter feed over the next few days as it becomes completely consumed with South by Southwest tweets and news. You know what the music means? How is it that we burn time so quickly whenever we're on the radio together? You are amazing, Barb. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on with me. Anytime. Yeah, I want to have you on again. Maybe we can unload Mark and we'll take over again. So don't text and drive, everybody. This is Marsha Collier on WS Radio, the worldwide leader. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. It's a fact. Thousands of real people all over the world are quietly building large personal fortunes from home without ever touching any products. Join us now. Global Domains International and .ws website domain names are becoming household words. Get started now for free at www.prosperity.ws. That's prosperity.ws as in website. When it comes to purchasing your next digital camera, there is only one name you need to remember, Canon. Since 1996, Canon has sold more than 100 million compact digital cameras. Their product line covers the gambit from simple to shoot to the camera that the pros use with eye-popping results. For those priceless family shots, Canon is the name you can trust. To check out their entire line, log on to Canon.com. That's the only name you need to know, Canon.com. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD, now V-Series, solid-state drive can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It'll improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Everyone goes to Vegas at some time for business or pleasure. Why pay for overpriced hotels? WS Radio has a super deal. Two nights and three days for only 30 bucks. But there is a catch. You need to listen to a one-hour seminar. But hey, for 30 bucks, you can't beat it. Learn more at wsradio.com forward slash Vegas. That's wsradio.com forward slash Vegas. 
Love to read but just don't have the time? With Audible.com, you can catch up on reading simply by listening. Audible has the largest collection of digital audiobooks, over 85,000 titles in every genre. Listen to a bestseller on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Android smartphone, or one of 500 other compatible devices. Visit audible.com slash wsradio today and get a free audiobook when you try Audible free for 14 days. That's audible.com slash wsradio.